0: Good morning. Good, morning. good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. I appreciate the opportunity to share with you. I think I've preached on Mother's Day, every Mother's Day since, well, it's been the pastor. So if you don't like my me, my preaching, just don't come on Mother's Day. Just kidding. No, come and just, you know, suck it up, basically. But I think my parents are here somewhere, are they? I want to just acknowledge my parents Gary and Gloria Halberg. Will you stand? Would you stand? I think I said this last year but I I seriously do not think it would be possible for me to have had better parents. They were amazing. They are amazing parents and I am feel very grateful and blessed. To be able to say that, because I know not everyone can. So um, thanks, Mom and Dad, for being so awesome. Um, I wanted to just real quick acknowledge the women of Glad Tidings, the women that are here, and those that are in the other services. I say, you know, in the videos, when I'm doing promotion videos or whatever, I say, I love you, you know, whatever. And um, I know that that word is used a lot, but I just wanted to let you know that I do love The women of glad tidings church. And I love you not in a coddling way, not because you are like me or I am like you. Um, I love you in the same way I love my kids and I want the best for you. I want the hardships in your life to be less painful. I want the nearness of Jesus to help you. I want you to experience real transformation. I want you to finish. And I believe that you can. If I can do it, you can do it. I'm proud of you. I know there are other churches and other women. But like Walt preached last week, you are my favorite women. I'm proud of you because of what you've overcome. Being a refugee or an international, making a home in a foreign land. Carrying on without finishing high school. Staying married in hard relationships, having an autistic child, pressing through prejudice, maybe a mixed race couple, overcoming jail or drugs, being a single mom, being poor. We have a lot of overcoming women in this church and our church family. We are overcomers. And I am proud that you are here today on Mother's Day, perhaps even if you are single or if you've had an abortion or you are infertile and it's a very difficult day. I'm proud that you believe that God exists, even though he can't be seen with the human eye. I am proud that you believe that there is a chance that God can change your life because not everybody believes that, but you do. And I think it's amazing that you do. It's in that faith that we have a chance for real transformation. It's in that faith that we all sit here this morning. And it's in that I want you guys to give the women of glad tidings the biggest round of applause you ever have in this room. I believe that you are awesome and those aren't just empty words to me. So let's pray and ask God to go deep in our hearts and transform us even more this morning. Okay. Isn't that your prayer? It's my prayer too. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for everyone that's here. Man, woman, and child. Thank you that you have a desire to transform our lives. We give this morning to you and we ask that your will would be done in and through us in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I was having a stressful day the other day and the, my stressful days are kind of blending together, you know, cause I have so many of them. So I don't know exactly when it was, but sometime recently within the last few weeks, uh, maybe the last couple of weeks. And so Eileen's cookie is strategically located very close to UNO and also to the church. And so on this particular day, I felt that there was a strong need for me to stop in at Eileen's Cookies and get a monster cookie to help me make it through the day. And monster cookies, if you haven't had them before, are like peanut butter oatmeal with like M&Ms. They're so awesome. So anyway, so I was there. And by the way, the price has gone up from $1.25 to $1.50, which really sinks. So anyway, um, so I was getting an an original cookie and I noticed that providentially there was in the day old section, a package of three monster cookies for two bucks. So I took that as the will of God and I bought that package as well. And so I... I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll buy, I'll eat the one, I, the fresh cookie, and then I'll take the other cookies and take them to my office and eat them as needed. But what happened was, is I, I ate my monster cookie as I'm driving. Now, keep in mind, you know where Eileen's Cookies is, right? And you know where UNO is, right? It's like a mile or something, and it's close, and um, one and a half miles, something like that. And so, um, I ate my cookie, and then I opened the plastic wrap of the day-old cookies, and then I continued eating. Eating while I was driving and I continued eating and eating while I was driving and by the time I got to the UNO parking lot I had eaten three of the four Eileen's cookies. So I decided at this point I might as well just finish it up. So I <laughs> took the fourth I took the fourth Eileen cookie with me while I was walking up to my area at UNO And so I had eaten four co- Eileen's f- large size cookies within probably a ten-minute period so anyway, so I get home and I'm like, well, you want burn kids, family, whatever. I don't remember who was there. Hey, you wouldn't believe it. I ate four Eileen's cookies today. And, and Walt was like, how did you feel after eating four Eileen's cookies? And I was like, I felt amazing. I felt great after eating four Eileen's cookies. No problem whatsoever. So anyway, um, so I haven't, I've been keeping my eye open. I only buy the, the day old if they have three monster cookies. If it's a variety, I'm not interested in that. So, but anyway, um, the reason I'm not worried about that is a couple months ago, a few months ago, we bought this treadmill off of Craigslist. And so Walt and I went to pick up this treadmill off of Craigslist and honest to goodness, this treadmill had to weigh a good 2000 pounds. I mean, this was the heaviest treadmill in the history of mankind. And we're the two of us are trying to take this out of the, a walkout basement And that has a steep incline. And I don't know if they were like under the water table or it rained a lot or something like that. It was like two inches of water with a 2000 pound treadmill that we're trying to get up the hill, you know, to get in the car. And it was not pretty. Let me tell you that. So anyway, I was so excited to have this treadmill. And so I get on the treadmill and within the first week I had knocked a hole in the drywall behind from falling off the treadmill backwards. So Walt says, he's like downstairs and he's like, what's up with the hole in the wall down there? You know? And I was like, oh, it's no big deal. I just fell off the treadmill. And and he said, I'm not fixing that drywall until you learn how to stay on the treadmill. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, so what I decided to do is I decided to do a strategy where I would When I fell off the treadmill, I would fall to the side of the treadmill So I wouldn't hit the drywall and, and so then about a week later, Walt sees this huge skid mark You know, all the way down from my knee down It's like a carpet burn And he said, what is on your leg? And I said, well, I figured out how to fall off the treadmill in a different direction so that I won't, you know, knock another hole in the wall. So anyway, um, those of you who've been around a while, you've heard a lot of stories about my exercise failures, including crashing on a bike, coming in last in a race by 20 minutes, last in the race, spraying myself with pepper spray while on a run. And um, basically... I have absolutely no athletic instinct. I will not be helping Mickey with this sports clinic thing that they've got going. I cannot keep my eye on the ball. Okay. I, Walt has tried to teach me how to keep my eye on the ball. I cannot keep my eye on the ball. Okay. And if we ever have any type of event at church where you pick teams, I recommend that you do not pick me. Okay. Okay. I cannot run faster than anyone I know, including our St. Bernard that Walt calls the Hungry Hippo. During my first marathon that I ran, a guy that was in his 50s, maybe 60, that was a stroke victim and paralyzed on one side, actually passed me on the race, dragging one of his feet, and he was like cheering me on. You can do it. You can do it. So, but what I do have is something that you can have too. And it's in the Bible with a lot of women and a lot of men. And it's called resilience. Resilience is having the capacity to bend without breaking, to return to an original shape or experience uh, or condition. Now people can experience, could you hear me my water? Well, people can experience, and you guys know this because we all have seen it. That people can experience virtually identical events and have completely different responses. For example, my treadmill is a good example. Some people that have had experience on the treadmill, that could deter them. Now, I think it could be because I have a short in my brain somewhere, but that doesn't deter me. I'm like, hole in the wall, that's not a big deal. You know, just get back on that thing. Try it the next day, Right. But, um, there's a lot of examples in our own lives of, of people responding differently to things like, for example, divorce, some, one person could get divorced and it could devastate their life. They're never the same. They can't move forward you know, they're in the pit of despair for years and years. Other people can get divorced and they can move on. POWs are a great example of this. You know, POWs, if you've ever read anything of what POWs go through, I mean, it's, it's horrible. I mean, they're tortured and stuff. And for years, it's a craziness. And some POWs will come back and they'll have PTSD. They'll commit suicide, things like that. Like that guy in Forrest Gump, right? And, um, and other POWs will do like what John McCain did where he's like helping veterans like setting up policy or whatever um, moving on there a, a person like think about the girls that were locked into the in the attic in Ohio where they are like for years and they're raped and they're having babies and it's just a horrific just terrible thing and then they'll do interviews and it's like they're moving on i don't know how i don't know how those girls can move on And then you'll experience another kid that has a boyfriend or girlfriend break up with them and they won't get over that for years. And they, they'll have so much trouble moving on from that. And then you think, why the difference? Why are those two different people so different? Um, so 90%, 90% of people will experience at least one seriously traumatic event in their life. 90%. 90%. Now, when I, when I had Levi, when he was first, like just when I had him, like when he was born and the process of him being born is a other, another, whole story that I would don't have time to get into, but it was, uh, it was very interesting. So anyway, um, so when it was time to take Levi home from the hospital, the doctor was like, okay, you're, you know, you're cleared to go and everything. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable taking this kid home. Because I don't know what I'm doing. And he was dismissive. He was like, it's no big deal. You know, just make sure that they eat and they urinate and they, you know, sleep. And that's all you have to worry about. Well, 24 hours later, we are in the emergency room because Levi wasn't eating or urinating. And the nurse in the room came in and said, uh, or came in and I said to the nurse, I'm like, look at, I told the doctor yesterday that I didn't know what I was doing and that's why I'm here again. If he would have listened to me and given me instructions, then I wouldn't be here in the emergency room with a child that's not, you know, urinating or eating, you know? And and so if it weren't if it weren't for doctor Dada and Ola, you know, doctor Ola um, by the time Anne was born, you know, it's a good thing because I would have no living children if it weren't for, you know, my doctors. So, but mothering and basically every part of living is a lot easier as a, would be a lot easier as a Christian. If it were outlined, like in the Bible, like this is what you do when you give birth. This is what you do to raise a child. This is what you do to be a good employee. This is how to be a good neighbor to a neighbor that hates your dog, you know, important things like that. And, and in the Bible, there are very few direct explicit teachings and the huge portion, a huge portion of the Bible is actually, um, telling people's stories actually, when you think about it. So you'll notice that many of the stories, thinking about what we were talking about, dramatic events, a lot of the um, stories are dramatic stories that people experience an illness or some circumstance that would require resilience. And then you see what, what they decide to do with it. If they decide to wallow in it and just, you know, go off the map or if they persevere and they do something and they change things and then they move on, you know? And so instead of what we see in the Bible and what we need to look for are patterns in people's lives and in people's stories that teach us, um, the good and the bad, you know, how we can learn, how we can learn to be a good mother, how we can learn to, you know, um, to do different things that, that we have to do in our real everyday ordinary life. Right. And I think Mother's Day is a great day to talk about that because it doesn't get much more real than that, because you can have some kind of, you know, you know, you can have a awesome worship and I'm all for awesome worship and God can real reveal to you what to do in awesome worship. But the bottom line is you're going to go pick your kid up from the nursery and you got to know what to do you know, when they throw a fit, when they, you know, run away from home, when they, you know, do something, you know, when they start drinking or something like that, you know, those are hard situations that aren't explicitly lined up in the Bible, but we can look at people's stories and we can do that. For example, once again, resilience is a capacity to bend without breaking, to return to an original shape or condition. Now here's an example, David, right? David it, uh, commits adultery and he murders. Now that's like, now think about that. David committed adultery, had a kid from the adultery and murdered someone. Okay. That's not just like, that's bad. Right. And so what could he do? He could wall or whatever, but he didn't seem to do that. He moved on from that hor- horrific, Horrible thing that he did that made god very very angry, you know He moved on from that and he was able to move forward peter denying jesus mary magdalene. Who's like the you know, the prostitute? uh, strip club dancer character in the Bible, you know, that's a real person. And, and here she's done all these things that are like really bad and they're really bad. They'd be considered really bad even in today's culture, right? Just like David's story. And she's able to move on, move forward. And as soon as God touched her life, it's like, okay, that's the end. We're moving on. It's, it's really interesting. So I want to land on one woman this morning, Um, and I hate to, I I really hesitate to do this. I think most mothers say I try to avoid doing this because it's so cliche, but I do want to look today at the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus in terms of these ideas, in terms of resilience, in terms of choices, whether to move forward or whether to stay stuck. So let's start with the immaculate conception you know, think about it. She, the uh, the uh, angel came and talked to Mary, but he, the angel didn't come and talk to everybody else. You know what I'm saying? So she's an, uh, has an illegitimate child in the culture that is not good to have an illegitimate child. Somebody say, I get it. So that's what happened to her. That's not pretty. And then after all this, after God is like, Uh, you know, Jesus, you're going to the Messiah and everything. And then the baby is born in a barn, you know? And so that is a bad start to having this kid. And, and really after like the second experience that I'm going to talk to, you don't even ever hear about Joseph. So it's like, I don't know if Mary ends up being a single parent or what goes on. But anyway, so this bad stuff goes on, but she has the Holy Spirit that's promised her stuff. So she doesn't stay stuck here and she moves on to the next experience. This, these lines are just moving forward. So this experience then is Jesus getting lost in the temple. How many people have lost their children? Come on, you don't lie to me. Okay. I have lost my children in Walmart more than the hands I saw. So, I don't know. I must just be a loser mother or something. We've left our children at church on multiple occasions, you know. So, we figure it's good for them. Builds their character. So, anyway. So, Mary loses... Mary loses Jesus for like a day. And when she finds him, she's mad at him and says, listen, you know, she yells basically at him in the Bible. Like, what did you, why are you doing this? This is getting on my nerves. This is a problem. And Jesus, you know, didn't say, oh, I'm so sorry, mom. I'm so sorry to make your life so miserable. He was just like, I was about my father's business. And Mary has to deal with that, you know? (laughs) And so I would not like that. If my kid said that. Okay, so so the problem is, is Jesus is just wandering around, doing his own thing, whatever God wanted him to do. And here's Mary, you know, mother trying to, you know, rein him in and keep track of the kid. You know, and so this is Mary and she has to decide in the childhood, in the years of raising Jesus, um, all those regular years, school age years of what she's going to do. How does she balance? Okay, he's the Messiah, but I'm like his mother. You know, what's he going to eat for dinner or whatever? And she could be like stuck in this, in this natural world that's in conflict with the regular world. And then she moves on and all adulthood starts coming. And then she's, she's out in the crowd while Jesus is teaching. And then her, she's there and, and everybody's like, Hey, your mom's here. Your, your mom and your brothers are here. And Jesus is like the, the, the people that do my will are my mother and fathers, you know? So here's Mary Who's gone through all of this illegitimate birth, birth in a barn, losing her kids, you know, trying to process all this. And then as soon as Jesus becomes an adult and starts doing his own thing, he basically ditches her, you know. And, and so she, she going to be angry. Is she going to say, forget it. My work is done. Is she going to stay in this, in this process or is she going to move forward? She decides to move forward. And then as she's doing that, um, all of a sudden Jesus starts not, is isn't just ignoring Jesus starts getting in the news and the news about him is bad you know, he's a liar. He says he's the Messiah and he really isn't. And we hate his guts and he, we think he's a big cheat and it's on CNN and all this kind of stuff. And so she, here, she is the mother that has been through all this, right? Come on, you guys. And now here she is here and she, this is the mother and she could feel like a loser mother. She could feel like frustrated and angry at other people and what she ends up doing is she continues to move on. And then she experiences her son being murdered and falsely accused and tortured in the broad daylight and everybody seeing him naked and whipped and all this terrible stuff and that's her son and, um, and she's just hanging around watching this all happen and it's outside of her control and it's unfair. And it's, um, it's, it's, um, the worst case scenario for your kid. You know, this is not what a mother wants for her kid. And here she is. And she has to decide, am I going to be resilient? Am I going to bounce back to my original condition, to the condition that I was in when God Spirit came on me and anointed me and said, you're the person I'm picking to be the mother of Jesus. And then this is the amazing thing that happens. Jesus rises from the dead and goes up to heaven. So then he really ditches her. I mean, in a bad way. And she's just a regular person standing with all these other people that are watching All these other people that are watching Jesus and she's just one of the crowd. And then he goes up to heaven and she can't do anything about it. And, and, and Jesus doesn't say, he doesn't say, I'm so, I'm so thankful to my mother who raised me and, and did all these, made all these sacrifices for me. Even when I got lost in the temple and I just want to, before I ascend to heaven, I would just like everybody to clap for my mom because she's so awesome. No, what he does is he just goes up to heaven and ditches her just like that. And this is the amazing thing about Mary. And there's a verse. This is the verse that comes up right after, right after the Ascension. Can you put that verse up? By the way, I was supposed to be giving you references all along. There's references here. It's in the Bible. Just look, read the book of Luke. Okay. So, so, Anyway, and then right after this, it says they all met together continually for prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus and several other women and the brothers of Jesus. So here she is right here. She could be stuck here. And right after that, she moves on and says, I'm going to hang out with all the rest of the people like Jesus said, and I'm going to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And you know what happens in the Acts chapter two? Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit comes. She's there with all the other, all the other people, the hundred other people right in as a regular plain old person in that room. And the Holy Spirit comes on her just like the Holy Spirit came on her there because she pressed through being resilient all the way through. And then the Holy Spirit rests on her yet again, enabling her to move forward to the next season of her life. To me, the most amazing part of this story is right here right after the ascension and how she didn't just go that stunk. That was a bad scene right there. I mean, that was a big waste of my life. She didn't do that. She was okay with just being her regular ordinary bouncing back to her regular self. And she did that. And she was standing right here and she did just what Jesus said. And she went to the upper room and she was filled again with the Holy spirit. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. It's so amazing. Here's, here's, this is maybe an example of our life. I am so disorganized. I don't know what time the service is supposed to end. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to do this really quick. Um, and Walt told me not to do that. And I just did it. So I can't help it. I can't lie. it's a, It can be inconvenient at times. Let me tell you. Okay. So here'd be an example. Uh, here'd be an example. A, a person is born into a bad family. Okay. And their parents stink. Or they only have one parent. or And they, you know, have, they're poor. And, and they grow up in the wrong part of town. And they have, don't have advantages that other people have. But their their mom, just like with Mary, kind of pushes them through and sticks with them going into childhood. And when they're in school, they could revert back to that. But they decide to learn their ABCs and their times tables and, and things like that. And their mother can stick with them this amount of time. And they try to learn as much as they can in school. And at some point in here, they go to Mickey's thing. And the Holy Spirit becomes real to them. And they say, God, I want to give my life to you. No matter what happened, God, I want to give my life to you. And at that point, the Holy Spirit enters into their life. And he helps them. He forgives them of their sin and he helps them. And they go on and they go on into high school. And maybe at that point, even though they became a Christian back here, they make a mistake. They, they drink alcohol at school. Or they sleep with their girlfriend at prom. Or they do something like that. That's something that doesn't please the Lord. And they could choose to just stay stuck here. to, To not move forward. Because of of their sin because of it is pleasing to God but the only thing is is that God the Holy Spirit and this is the thing I forgot to say there's this partnership with, with the supernatural and the natural coming together the supernatural is where God the Holy Spirit is resting on you and helping you and forgiving you and enabling you and the natural part of it is how God created you how you were born to build new cells your mind was born was created to be renewed to build new pathways and all this kind of stuff so there's this spiritual nature and there's this natural nature coming together to be renewed and so he, they make a mistake but they per- persevere they for- receive forgiveness from god and they and they move on to the next point and they decide to go to college and they change their major 17 times and And they don't have scholarships after they change their major to the fourth time So all this kind of stuff, but they meet they decide even though it's hard and even though I want to quit I'm going to i'm not going to stay here and the holy spirit's power is there to help me In cooperation with my natural strength where my mind is able to learn and I can move forward And then they go on to having their their family. They get married and they have children And the challenges of that and the weight of raising a family and the pressure you lose your job, you're trying to buy a house. You are trying to navigate all the pressures of life. One of the most stressful seasons of life when you're navigating all that. And you can you can get crushed by the weight of that and the pressure of that. And then you can but then he decides to move forward and be resilient and he comes to this place and, and it's at the end of his life and he says, God has been good to me. Look at where I started. Look at what he's brought me through and I can move on to to see Jesus Christ at the very, very end. That's what our God can do. Can you can you just start playing? And I'm going to just tell a really quick story, and then the choir is going to sing. The choir is going to sing for the altar call today this song that they're going to sing represents what we talked about the power of the living god being able to transform us so um so i'm going to just tell a real quick story and tie it together and then our altar call is going to be them and as they sing it's going to be our worship to the lord and his and his power to keep us resilient and change us over the course of our life but well, I had never gone anywhere for a, for a marathon other than just around town. But I wanted to do a cool marathon. So I went to the Chicago Marathon. And it's one of the largest in the world. They have about 45,000 runners. And, and at the start of the race, people were already sweating, which is a bad thing. That means the temperature, the starting temperature is too high. You shouldn't be sweating before you're running. And it was very humid. And as the race progressed... It just became worse and worse, and it kept getting warmer and warmer and more humid and more humid. And people began to fall to the wayside and started vomiting and sitting to the side. And you started hearing sirens that was, were taking some people away and, um, and stuff. And the water water stations were empty because people were drinking the water so much and they decided they can track you because of the chips in your shoes and so they could track that the pace of the, the group of the race was moving too slow they were tracking it and realizing the, this is becoming dangerous the whole group is moving too slow and so they made the call this was the only time this has ever happened in the history of chicago marathon see what i'm saying about sports and me Anyway, um, it was like the hottest day ever in the Chicago marathon in history. And that's the one I was at. Um, and so at the cut, they decided to make a cutoff at like mile 13 and all those people, they bust, they didn't want to finish the race because it was too dangerous. And it ended up that one person actually died at the race from heat, um, from heat. But I was at about mile 15 to 17 at that point, and I decided I'm just going to finish the race. I'm just going to walk or run or whatever I have to do. And so um, my fingers started swelling up, and my feet started swelling up. My fingers were like hot dogs, and my, my, um, my feet were swollen up to where they didn't fit in my shoes anymore. But I was just determined to, to finish the race. And so uh, even though they said the race is over, we're not like – it, there's no point in finishing the race We're like stopping the clock You don't, you know, you don't get anything for finishing this race They opened up the fire hydrants And they were just pushing in Just blowing water on people It was just, it, you wouldn't believe it There were ambulances everywhere <clears throat> And so anyway But I decided just to keep going And they actually kept the clock going So I found out when I finished That I, it was 5 hours and 30 minutes That it took me, which is very slow very slow and um and so anyway but i finished i finished the race and um what i even though it was a terrible race it didn't stop me from getting on the treadmill in my basement and knocking a hole in the drywall resilience is having the capacity to bend without breaking to return to the original shape or condition so I just want to ask you, what is your original shape or condition? Where, where's the beginning point of what God designed you to be? What, what is your point that you're, you've circled around, that you've got stuck on, a pain or a, you know, infidelity or um, just despair for some circumstance? Um, uh, I, I mean, I have a list I could read off, but I, for the sake of time, I don't wanna, I don't wanna take the time to do it. But we're, we can all be stuck somewhere. And there's this partnership of the spiritual and the natural coming together. God's Holy Spirit helping us and us coming into cooperation with him. So I'm going to just have the choir sing this song. And uh, at about the middle point, it begins to talk about um, the process of God helping us move forward. And when we get to that point, I just want you to just in your spirit, rise up and just receive that and claim that for your own life, your everyday, ordinary life. So the choir is going to sing that. And just about halfway through, you'll notice. But just read the words and think about the story. Think about what God has done to enable you to be changed by him.
1: Some of you this morning, ladies in particular, need to know this. Four four days is long enough to be in the grave. Lazarus was dead for four days. And things were starting to stink. And he was stuck. Some of you feel you're, you're stuck. You're in a place where you're stuck and you can't see it changing. But by God's spirit, he wants to give you a resilience. He wants to give you the ability to bounce back, to come forth, and to move on this morning. Father, I just thank you for everybody here today. For mothers, for women, for everybody here, God. God, I pray that you would do For each one of us, what you did for Mary, the Holy Spirit came upon her at the beginning. The Holy Spirit came upon her again later on in her journey. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit, God, would just come upon each of us in such a fresh way that the natural and the supernatural come together and create this supernatural resilience in our lives. God, thank you for Mary's example. God, thank you for for speaking through your servant Carrie this morning. Bless her, God. Continue to give her incredible resilience. Lord, we thank you for her. In Jesus' name, bless every mother here today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Carrie, so much for bringing that word this morning. And uh, I I am so grateful that you're more resilient than the drywall in our basement. Who cares about the drywall? I care about you. I just don't want you getting hurt, baby. All right. We're going to dismiss. And as we do, we're going to invite our prayer workers to come. If you'd like prayer this morning, maybe you just feel like, you know what? I'm just stuck here at this place. I need God to touch me this morning. Allow us to pray for you. If you're not sure where you're at with God, you're kind of, I think I'm lost. Uh, I don't know that I'm right with God. We'd love the opportunity to pray with you this morning. God bless you. Have a wonderful Mother's Day.